You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Live from Liverpool, the Dark Paranormal, Season 11. Hi everyone and welcome back to the Dark Paranormal, Season 11. We're already at the halfway point of this season. But the good news is that means we still have five episodes after this one before we start looking towards season 12. And let me tell you, there is one or two within the upcoming five which are well worth waiting for. Firstly, I'd like to say a big thank you to everyone who reached out following last week's episode, A Witch's Blood. And I'd also like to say it's time to start preparing your submissions for Season 12. We already have one or two episodes already locked down, and we're looking to fill those spaces over the upcoming weeks. And so, once you've taken the time to write down your true paranormal experience, email me, thedarkparanormal at hotmail.com. Or you can visit the website, thedarkparanormal.com, and click the Contact Us link. Remember, this is your show. This is your platform. I'm just a conduit to tell people your experiences. And we like to make sure that if somebody sat down and took the time to send in their experience, that it gets an audience. As you will well know by now, The Dark Paranormal only features one experience per episode. Therefore, if your experience does not match that length, don't worry. Personally, I just love reading through people's paranormal experiences, and if it's not long enough for the dark paranormal, it will find a home on Dark Bites. But either way, we will make sure your experience gets heard. Because, as I've said since day one, the reason this show exists is to remind people that the darker side of the paranormal is real. The one thing that doing this show has taught me is that there are hundreds, if not thousands, of people out there 
who have been witness to or victim of some dark, malevolent, unexplainable activity, which they've kept to themselves for fear of looking insane. But this show is and always will be a safe space for those people to step forward and share their experiences with a like-minded community. Today's true paranormal experience is one of those which throws up more questions than answers. But on this show, your show, we encourage debates and theories. We want these experiences to play on your mind. Because, well, they should. But before we get to today's true paranormal experience, we of course need to say a huge thank you to our Patreons. When you sign up to Patreon, not only will you receive these episodes both ad-free and before everyone else, but you can also receive access to our exclusive Patreon-only podcast, Dark Bites. Dark Bites is a show which runs each and every week, even on the downtime between seasons, meaning you never miss your paranormal fix. And aside from a new episode each and every week, there's over 60 hours worth of Patreon-only content for you to go and binge. We've built our wonderful community of like-minded paranormal enthusiasts over at Patreon, and we'd love to extend an exclusive invitation just for you. Simply head over to patreon.com forward slash thedarkparanormal. Just like these wonderful new team members have, Ryan Dillon, Hoof, Bree, Rihanna Thurber, Erica Keaton, Marissa, Andrew Richardson, Sam Falcone, Rachel Schutzman, Julianne Seismer, Shinita Murphy, Christy Manister, Rebecca, Thomas, Justin Sturtevant, Vidi Patel, Luke Adcox, Emily Britt, Michelle Clark, Julia Sokzinski, Jen Morgan, Lindsay Sherwood, Matthew Suit, Renee, Sarah Duggan, Michelle Vaughan, Holly Evanoff, Tristan Brook, Kitta B, Greg Arisol, Trisha Bailey, Kitty Sherty, Drek Heck, Ant Mand, Jessica Orton, Johnny Carr, Stephanie Davis, Julius E, Ricardo Bermudez and Katie Bartlett. Thank you so much guys, your support really means the world and I hope you enjoy all the early released ad-free content and of course those Dark Bites episodes. So once more to join the team head over to patreon.com forward slash the dark paranormal. But right now it's time. Lower the lights, make yourself comfortable and of course leave your disbelief at the door as we hear all about a foreboding ritual. Hi there, my name is Lee and I'm 20 years old and I live in a small city in Germany. I've been listening to your podcast for a while now and during that time I have a few memories which came back which I now realise were locked away, for good reason, in the back of my brain. I was debating with myself if I should send this email because, throughout my life, I was told not to talk about it. You see, people would just think I was lying or seeking attention. But at this point, I'm doing it for my own sake. Though I'm not scared to now say what happened to me, for the privacy of my friends and family, I've changed their names. Also, English is not my first language, so please don't judge my grammar too much. I can't exactly recall when it all started, but since my childhood, I've been sensitive to the paranormal and all that comes with it. 
It's said that every child has a greater connection to the spirit world. And, for me, that was certainly true. The first encounter that I can recall was in my own garden. It was a summer night and I couldn't sleep, so I sat on my back window to look out at the evening sky. From my window, I had a perfect view into the garden. And then, out of nowhere, in the corner of my eye, I saw something crossing the garden. It was like a grey figure. There was nothing human about it from how it looked. It just looked like a grey cloud, floating from one side to the other. But I just knew it was human. I wasn't scared or anything. I was more intrigued. I just sat there watching it. You have to know I was around 11 or 12 at that point, and I'm still not sure what I saw today. When I talked about it with my parents trying to find an answer, they said they weren't sure and that the house was a new build and there were no other buildings there before ours, at least as far as they knew. And my dad thought it was maybe just a daydream. You see, he doesn't believe in anything paranormal. Now, I don't know if what I saw was just mist or a lost soul, but I definitely know that it wasn't bad. It meant no harm to me in any way. Later in my life, in the summer of 2017, I was around 14 at this time, my male best friend introduced me to a classmate of his. Her name was Marie and she was around a year older than me. But she shared my interest in the paranormal, so it was just a matter of time until we became best friends ourselves. A few months into that friendship, we had a not-so-brilliant idea. Let's try a ritual. It was a vague enough and spooky enough suggestion to seem like a good idea. And so we went online and looked a few up, and decided to go with what looked to be the most harmless one. You would apparently go into some sort of trance whilst exploring your own mind. So one evening, while I was spending the weekend at her place, we decided this would be the perfect time to start. Marie was first, and placed her head on my lap laying on the floor and facing the ceiling. I followed all the instructions and got her into an apparent trance. At this point, it's important for the sleeping person to describe everything as detailed as possible. The smell, the feeling, the design of the hallway and the doors to the left and the right. The person is allowed to enter every door, or at least they can try to. Sometimes the door will be locked. Then you have to check your pockets. If there's a key, fine. If not, then leave it be. It's apparently better that way. Marie had her phone laying on her chest to record everything she said. It was very interesting to witness. She described a few rooms in a very detailed way, 
and how they made her feel. Once I brought her out of the trance, it was my turn. So I laid my head on her lap and relaxed. She started to put me into a trance state and soon I saw myself stood in a long corridor, with doors on both sides. I started to explore the rooms and described everything I saw, everything I smelt and what I felt. I won't go into detail so that the story isn't overly long, but after a few rooms, the corridor changed. In the beginning, it was like a hospital hallway, but now it was a stone wall, with candles. All the doors had disappeared. I can't remember all of it, but... I know a feeling of uncomfortableness appeared to fall on the place. So I walked down the corridor until I reached a big wooden door. I slowly opened it. And inside, in front of a huge fireplace, sat a man in a grey suit. Now at this point, Marie tried everything to get me out of the trance. Because according to the ritual... There are three rules that go along with it. One, if you see an old woman in one of the rooms, you leave and you do not talk to her. Two, if you see a room full of clocks, you don't touch any of them and you leave the room. And three, if you find a man in a suit, do not talk to him and leave the room immediately. As soon as your guardian has become aware you've seen this man... They should try and wake you up as soon as possible, in any way they can, with any force required. After I was back, Marie told me everything. She thought it was really creepy, and so did I. But because it was really late, we decided to try and go asleep. In the middle of the night, I woke up. I can't tell exactly what woke me up, but I'm pretty sure it was Marie snoring. I just got up and went to the bathroom. I tried to be as silent as possible, and after I finished, I got a little jump scare from Tigger, Marie's cat. He was sitting outside, in front of the bathroom door. At first, I just thought he needed to use his litter box, but no. He just stared at me and started hissing. Why are you hissing at me, you ball of fur? I reached out to try and pet him, but he slapped my hand away and ran into the living room. Crazy cat, I mumbled to myself and went back to Marie's room. She was still asleep and I was just standing in front of the bed for a few seconds, asking myself if I should just move to the living room or if I should stay there. The bed was comfy and Marie's snoring real... I flinched and looked at the window. The light of the streetlight was shining right at me. Maybe it was just a bug or a bat or... What the... I went over to the window and I looked outside. There was nothing there. Marie's room is on the third floor. So there was no way anyone could be pulling a prank like this. It took me a few moments, but then I noticed a shadow in the neighbor's yard, across the street... It looked like a person. 
Maybe it was someone just walking their dog. Those memories are blurry, but I can remember the feeling. It was like my body instantly went into flight or fight mode. I just stood there, staring at the shadow. And in the name of Odin, that thing was staring back at me. Lee, what are you doing? Asked Marie in a tired voice. I didn't even notice the snoring had stopped. Did you hear that? Something tapped against the window? I turned to her. She was looking at me confused. What? She blinked a few times. You never told me that your neighbours have dogs. Lee, what are you talking about? They don't have dogs. I looked back into the yard, and the shadow had vanished. But... Oh, you know what? Forget it, and go back to sleep. Oh, and by the way, you snore like a chainsaw. I went back to bed and luckily fell asleep before her. I tried to explain it to her the next day, and she listened and nodded, but she didn't say anything. A few weeks later, I spent another weekend at her place, and she invited a classmate. His name was Chris. And because we didn't learn anything from our first experience, Marie thought it was a great idea to redo the ritual with Chris. Marie told me to be the guardian, and she would record the whole ritual. Well, Chris was very interested, but insisted on watching first. We agreed, and Marie laid her head on my lap. We shown Chris how it's done. We explained the rules, and luckily everything went well. So we started as usual. And Chris began to describe the rooms and the hallways and the doors. But soon, it all went downhill. He started to describe a room with a huge fireplace. I glanced at Marie, and she gave me a worried look back. Then, Chris uttered the words I hoped he wouldn't say. There's a man in here. He's wearing a suit. My body froze for a second. I told him to immediately leave the room, then I tried to wake him up, but he wouldn't wake up. Marie started to shake him, and I even slapped his face. That brought him to, and he glared at me. Did you just slap me? You wouldn't wake up, and I mean, it worked. Soon after, he called his parents to pick him up. Marie tried to talk with me about it, but I shut her up or changed the subject. As we lay in bed later that night, she looked at me. Something's wrong. Tell me. I stared at the ceiling. Nothing. Why would you think anything would be wrong? Don't lie. You tried so hard to get him back. You look so scared. It's like you like him. Marie smiled at me. Shut up. I definitely don't like him. But I was scared. I reminded her about last time. About the taps on the window. She laid silent next to me. Then, quietly, she said, 
I had scratches on my back the following day. I immediately turned to her. She said that she was scared to tell anyone. She knew how short my nails were and that I couldn't have done it. And she was a big girl, so she would have a hard time reaching those spots on her back. And her ball of fluff, Tigger, wasn't in the room with us that night. We both tried our best to fall asleep pretty quickly after that conversation. I just need to add something really quick here before I continue my story. I've just took a small break from writing, just to take a shower and to eat. But as I stood in the shower, I watched my brush move from the sink, where I placed it. Now, because I live in a shared flat with a roommate, we're not allowed to keep any pets, so there was no way a cat or any other animal could have pushed it. Also, the brush was far enough away from the edge to just fall off by itself. But anyway, back to my experience. Let's have a quick break to talk to you about Policy Genius. Now, we all like to put off life insurance talk because it reminds us of our mortality. But life insurance isn't about death, it's about life. It's about ensuring the lives of those you love remain secure and comfortable. And I'm sure many of you will think, well, I'm covered through work or I'm covered through my bank account. But believe me, you want to check those finer details because you may be surprised what you're actually covered for. And this is exactly where Policy Genius come into their own. Yes, we could talk about how Policy Genius is America's leading online insurance marketplace or how their award-winning agents will walk you step by step through the entire process. But the best thing about Policy Genius for me is they don't have a dog in the fight. They're not going to strong arm you towards one company or another. They've no incentive to do so. Their only incentive is to listen to your needs, scour America's top companies and find you the best price. For example, with Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that begin at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options even offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. There's a reason why Policy Genius has thousands of five-star reviews on Google and Trustpilot, and you'll find out what it is when you tick life insurance off your to-do list with Policy Genius. So head over to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you can save. That's policygenius.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. By 2018, myself and Marie had started to lose contact. Her father had suddenly passed away, and her mental and physical health had got worse. And at some point, she'd gone into rehab. We spoke a few times, but it got less and less over the months. And at some point, I was busy with my finals. After that, I started my training as a tailor. Shortcut to February 2020. And she invited me to a grill party with a few new classmates of hers. And I decided to go. It would be nice to have a catch-up. It was a funny evening with two of her male classmates. All of them were drunk except for me. 
My family had a history of alcoholism, so I was always very careful around alcohol. That doesn't mean I don't drink. I think I had maybe two beers that night. At around 11pm, the boys thought it would be a great idea to take a walk in the woods. A large, imposing wood that surrounded the small village. Well, I was hesitant, but I went with them anyway. It took us about ten minutes until we reached the woods, and as the boys went in, I just stood there. I couldn't move. I couldn't speak. Marie walked past me, noticing something was wrong, and turned to me. Are you okay, Lee? What's wrong? You look like you've seen a ghost. She stopped talking and quickly turned to the woods. Guys, come back. Lee isn't feeling well. She turned back to me. Have you seen something? What did you see? What are you feeling? Talk to me. She grabbed my arm. I'm not going in there. That's everything that came out of my mouth. Everything, and I mean fucking everything inside of me, screamed to not go in there. The boys came back and started to make fun of me. Oh, what is it? Is the little girl scared of the big bad wolf in the woods? Don't be a... The boys froze in their movements. There was a scream coming from the woods. Now, in my twenties, my father took me hunting a couple of times in the previous year, so I can at least say that it kind of sounded like a mix of both a fox and maybe a deer. But that scream was, well, it was wrong. I can't put my finger on it, but it sounded like distorted. At this point, I was close to a panic attack. I started walking back to the house quickly, constantly mumbling that I won't go in the woods. The others followed me, and as soon as I got back to the house, I hid under a table and started crying. Marie tried her best to calm me down, and thankfully my parents picked me up soon after. I told my mother what happened and how terrible I felt. Marie texted me the next day that there actually was a wolf sighting in those woods. But I don't think that's what made me feel like that, or what made that sound. There was something else in those woods. It felt like the air was thick. It was hard to breathe, or even move. And the feeling of something watching us. Now, I didn't see any eyes, but it felt like something was staring a hole in my chest. I haven't talked with Marie since. I wanted to try and contact her about this email to ask if she remembers anything different or wanted to correct me about things, but a mutual friend told me she's back in rehab once more, so I don't want to confront her with these memories. My mother was the only one I told about these experiences for a long time. And she was the one who told me about our family history. Her cousin, my aunt, had a paranormal encounter herself. 
After her divorce, she moved to an old house with her two sons. It had been an abusive relationship and she was depressed for a long time. To add to all this, in her new place, every night there would be a couple who would fight in the flat above her. She eventually complained to the landlord, but was informed the flat above her had been empty for years. Later, she found that the building was built on an old battlefield. She's a strong believer in the paranormal after this, and has had a few other experiences. My grandmother also had a paranormal encounter, just like her sister. They both said that after my grandpa died, they felt like he came back to say goodbye. And my mother, well, she also had a few weird encounters. As a child, a friend of hers was very sick, and my mum would bring him homework when he wasn't able to go to school. One night, she just started to ramble about him with my grandma, for no reason at all. She continually talked with her mother about him non-stop for 15 minutes, and after it, that was that. She couldn't even explain it herself as to what brought out this sudden outburst. The next day after school, as usual, she brought her friend the homework, and I guess you can already guess where this is going, but his mother told her that he died the day before. Exactly at the time she began her non-stop talk to her own mother about him. The same happened a few years later with her cousin. She randomly, out of nowhere, started talking about him non-stop. And the next day, her aunt called. It turned out he'd killed himself. And again, the time of death was the exact time my mum started rambling about him. You see, my mother's side of the family seemed to have some kind of antenna, as my mum would call it. And last Christmas, my auntie told me that she herself had an unexplained experience. She is a rational and scientific type of woman. Everything needs a logical explanation. But then she told me about a night after her own father had died. And it felt like he was in her flat. She could smell his aftershave and could even hear his voice from the living room. Sometimes I can still feel different kinds of energy in places, houses or shops, especially when I'm having a depressive episode. Usually I'll go to the bathroom and just cry and suddenly I'll sense my grandfather's with me and I stop crying. I have no idea how I know it's him, I just feel it. And then I think that everything's going to be okay. Sometimes I can tell if it's good or evil, but I haven't seen anything in two years. The incident today with the brush is the first one in this flat. Even though I live in a literal basement in an old house, and a person passed away in one of the upstairs apartments... I haven't had any encounters so far. Maybe a few weird noises, but that was more likely from the heater. But I am convinced that the shop that I'm currently working in is haunted. Not in a bad way, 
but sometimes scissors or sewing threads disappear and reappear in a completely different spot. Sometimes it feels like someone is looking over my shoulder while I work, but when I turn around, I'm completely alone in the workshop. In 2021, I met my current best friend. Let's call her Nessa. After my first year of training, I had to leave the training company because of a toxic working environment. I got physically and mentally very sick, and I still haven't fully recovered yet. Anyways, after that, I got into a program for kids with ADHD and other problems. I just went there because it was the only way to continue my training as a tailor, and to work in a beautiful space. One day a week, I had to spend in a sort of teach-the-teacher environment, and it was there I met Nessa. She got there a few weeks after me, and our teacher asked if anyone could show her around. So I did just that. We immediately got along very well, and by now she's like my big sister. She's four years older. She's always there for me. And one of our first conversations was about the paranormal. She was one of the few people who actually believed me. And that's because, apparently, she also has one of those special antennas. It was Nessa who helped me through my last breakup. Sadly, I was in a toxic relationship, but I did the right thing for me and ended it. After that, Nessa helped me burn the last Polaroid of my ex and me. But that was a roller coaster. It felt like the picture wouldn't burn because he didn't want to let go. After some attempts, it finally burned and I buried the ashes in some random wood. We thanked the woods and drove back to Nessa's. There, Nessa gave me a little bag and told me to take a bath with it. Now, I know she's a witch and I completely trust her with stuff like that. And the little bag was actually like a natural bath bomb. I felt so good and relaxed after that bath. It was like a cleansing. I actually thought that everything that could have been attached or following me had vanished. I can't tell you how good it feels to finally get this all off my chest. Because of my depression, a lot of those memories were locked away. But after I went to therapy last year, a lot came back. Not everything, though, and I'm not complaining about that. Sometimes it is better to forget these things. But I have been waiting to finally tell someone about those kind of things, and I know that I won't get judged by you. Well, maybe for my terrible writing skills, but not for my experiences. I'm really sorry if this all seems a bit scattered, but I don't really know how to write in a different way. Anyway, a big thank you for giving people like us a safe space, and I can't wait for the rest of season 11. Much love, Lee. And that's where Lee signs off her experience. Or at least it should have been. But there's an addendum. I need to add something. Today I finished the email ready to send it out in the next few days. Right now I'm sitting in my car at an empty parking lot at one of our very few shops. 
It's currently 25 past 11 p.m. And I'm alone with some fast food. I'm back at my parents' place for the weekend, but suddenly my depression got bad again, and I just had to leave. So I grabbed my car keys and met up with an old friend. After that, I got some fast food and drove to the parking lot. I turned off my car and started to eat while listening to your podcast. And then it suddenly started to rain. Now, this isn't just rain. It feels like all hell's broken loose. And across from me right now, on the other side of the parking lot, is a shadow. And for the love of Odin, my gut is screaming bloody murder. That thing is staring right at me. I can't see its eyes, but I feel it staring a hole in my chest. I slowly turn off the light in my car so I can see a bit clearer. Now the only light comes from the streetlights which are scattered around the parking lot. And that thing is just standing there. It feels too familiar. I honestly can't tell if it is the same thing I saw all those years ago in the backyard of Marie's neighbours. I turned on my windshield wipers to wipe away the raindrops from my windshield, and in that second, the shadow has disappeared. There are no bushes or anything like that around, and it was standing in front of a relatively bright wall. It's not like it could have just took a step and got out of sight. I'm not sure where it went, but for fuck's sake, I'm not staying to find out. And that sentence is literally how Lee signed off her amazing and terrifying true paranormal experience. There is so much to unpack within that story. The idea of a tulpa springs to mind i.e. a thought form which we bring to life ourselves sheerly through the power of belief. I'm a big believer in brain hacks. The idea you can quickly find ways to make your brain think differently. For amazing real-world examples of this, Google learned helplessness and find the anagram experiment. To give a very brief explanation... A teacher manages to convince half a classroom of equally intellectual students that solving the simplest of anagrams is a task they can't do. And the teacher manages to achieve this in just six minutes. The teachers basically used a brain hack to make that student believe that they cannot solve anagrams. Now, what if this ritual done by Lee and Marie is in itself a brain hack, a way of finding some inner demon within yourself that may well have spent its entire life out of sight until you decided to walk down the hall and open its door, basically inviting it into your lives. Lee, if you're listening, it will be fascinating to know what happened to Chris following his experience. Did he go on to leave a normal life, or was there any sort of negativity attached to his future? Obviously, I hope that's not the case. Also, Lee, a personal thank you from me to you for sending in your true paranormal experience. 
your grammar was excellent, and never feel the need to apologise when you're trying to communicate in another language. The vast majority of people I know, myself included, speak one. So a special kudos to you for writing your entire experience in a second language. And before I sign off, I just want to say a quick thing. I've had an email in from somebody who says they're no longer going to listen to the show because I mentioned that some people have got in touch to say they've experienced some paranormal activity whilst listening to the show and saying that I was implying the show could be a causal effect to those experiences, as if the show itself was some sort of portal to the unknown. But of course, I don't claim that listening to this show will bring a paranormal experience to you. For example, I'm sure it's just a coincidence that Lee was listening to the show in her car when she saw the shadow figure. But what I will say, and stand by unashamedly, is that I do believe that when you spend some concentrated time on anything to do with this topic, be it a podcast, be it a book, be it a film, those things on the other side that we spend all of our days ignoring may suddenly notice that we're paying attention to them and in turn return the favour. For our Patreons, I'll speak to you again on Sunday for another instalment of Dark Bites. And for everyone, I'll see you here next week for episode 6 of season 11. Until then, remember, when you're discussing the paranormal, always try and leave some of your disbelief at the door. And I'll see you next week, here on The Dark Paranormal.